It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Well, let's get started as we always do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Now the Mets take the finale 10 to 1 last night. Keep the Cubs from the sweep. Yeah, it's a bummer. Kyle Hendricks made his uh, return, his first, since he left last July. He shut it down with a capsular tear in his right shoulder. Colder, windy night in Wrigley didn't help out the uh, Cubs too much. Hendricks would have some bright spots, but ultimately takes the loss. Four and a third inning, six hits, five runs. Three of those were earned. Five Ks. Ride also ended for Christopher Morrell. 13-game hit streak comes to an end. Dude had been crushing. He was 0 for 4, though. Dansby Swanson, solo homer. That's the lone run for the Northsiders. Now... That series win is the Cubs' first in their last five... The loss also keeps the club from their second win streak of three games or more. That's only been done. Whoa, there goes our power. Smokes, that scared the heck out of me. <laughs> it was like a bop and it went out. Um, we're still. It sounds like we're still on the air, though, so let's keep going. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they've only gotten a win streak of three or more once this season. That's when they went out. They beat the Dodgers in the finale and took three straight from Oakland on that West Coast trip. So it's been a minute. Afternoon game today with Cincinnati. Hunter Green taking on Justin Steele. Green has seven or more strikeouts in six of his last uh, six of ten games this season. Uh, he is two for one lifetime against the Cubs. Steele historically struggled with the Reds going one and two with an ERA of over seven. After these three games, Tampa comes up to Wrigley starting on Memorial Day, and then the club will head out on another West Coast trip. Right now, Cubs unfortunately trailing three to nothing. Not looking good as uh, we'll go with hitters 8 9 and then uh, Nico Horner at the top of the lineup. No hits for the Cubs right now. Six hits for Cincinnati. They score two in the first and one in the third. No homers. Hunter Green with three strikeouts so far. Justin Steele with four strikeouts so far. Uh, Sox struggled, too, in Detroit, 7-2 that final last night. Sox struck out 13 times. Only put up four hits. Gavin Sheets picks up homer number seven. G. Lita goes three and two-thirds, six hits, four runs, seven walks. Seven walks? Four strikeouts. Uh, Sox would walk 11 batters on the day, so it wasn't just him. Just take a look at the ump report for that. That's crazy. Uh, Round two tonight on Apple TV+. Plus. Lance Lynn is back to face Joey uh, Wentz, who is a lefty. That should be good for Luis Robert Jr., who is, we'll get into this, very good against lefties. Shocking news, but not entirely unpredictable today in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins. 
Hopkins with the Cardinals had been a question since the end of 2022 season. He had a team-high 30 million cap hit. That's tops amongst wide receivers. That is the seventh highest overall contract in the league. They did not find any suitors for him, so they cut him outright. He has uh, 2,696 yards, 17 touchdowns on 221 catches in his three seasons at Arizona, including 64 catches for a team leading 717 yards, three touchdowns last season. Hopkins was traded to the Cardinals in March 2020 for uh, from the Texans, along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for running back David Johnson and a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick back in 2021. Uh, Purdue's own Adam Shank back on the golf course here. It was good yesterday, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, he turned in a four-under. That was uh, good for third. Turned in a three-under today, so he sits at seven-under. That has put him in fourth spot overall. Um, and he could still slide up a little bit. We'll see what happens. Uh, Harry Hall yesterday turned in a 62 on the course, and he is just now getting out there. He sits at second overall at eight under. So theoretically, Adam could, he's in the clubhouse here. It was 133 along with uh, two other players. So it doesn't look like anybody behind him. Maybe one or two guys could possibly catch back up there and get to the three under, but uh, he's staying in the top. I would probably say he's staying in the top five here. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, best of luck to Adam this weekend. Baseball sectional CC 13 nothing over Attica to take on Covington in the semis. Uh, t- tomorrow, Harrison takes on Logansport out in Kokomo. And McCutcheon takes on Marion in the second game over on the softball side. CC comes up short in their final against Riverton Park 10-5. to Harrison 9 nothing over McCutcheon. Raiders get Westfield on Tuesday where Harrison will host. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. Let's get some bets here. Heading in the weekend, big winners. Uh, I like to use my friends over at DraftKings because they have so much stuff going on here. I mean, tons of boosts in baseball again, which I'm a big fan of. And we're real big on Luis Robert Jr. tonight. First off, 50% profit boost on your MLB tonight. Just pick a bet. No sweat, same game parlay. X. On your uh, MLB tonight, get up to 100% boost for every leg you add on your baseball same game parlay. You can do that. Get a plus 250 odd surge on any driver in the Indy 500. You can do that. Although Pelos dropped down to plus 500. I think they added this and then it dropped down. I'll tell you this, and we'll talk with Nick Yeoman here in about uh, seven minutes about this. For me, you look at today's results. Sato was up at the top again. He's been hanging around the top five in all the practices. He's a former winner. At 12-1, to 1, I that is my long shot right there, at 12-1. to 1. I am a holder of Pelot at plus 650. To win it, he was good again today. You know, fourth, Will Power third fastest today. Scott Dixon was second fastest today. Not everybody's giving it the full juice today. I get that, 
but I like what I saw. Sato is my that that's my sleeper. You can also get him top five at plus one forty. I think that's pretty good. Top three at plus three hundred. That's my sleeper guy. We'll run this by Nick. We'll see what he has to say. But I can't use my two fifty. I've already got Polo at uh, six fifty. I'm not going to use this to go ahead and boost it right back to what I could have had it earlier this week. So I'll probably throw that on Sato, and we'll see if we can't. We'll see what we can't hit there. That That's my Indy 500 pick. We'll run it by our buddy here, and we'll see what he has to say. Uh, tonight, baseball, listen, a couple guys we're watching here. We're back on hits, runs, and RBIs. Marcus Simeon tonight, over one and a half hits, runs, RBIs. That has hit in 14 straight. He is hitting 301 versus righties, and he's up against a righty tonight who is getting hit by right-handed batters. At a rate of 292. So Marcus Simeon on the card for the Rangers. Now they're in Baltimore tonight. So I'm on that. Luis Robert Jr. tonight. Over one and a half hits, runs, RBIs. This man has been just a machine at hitting home runs. It's cooled off a little bit in that aspect, but he is still one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball. In fact, he has the second best batting average against lefties in all of Major League Baseball. My man's hitting 382. Absolutely insane. He just snapped another hit streak that he had going uh, with that 0-4 last night against Detroit. Everybody else was stinking it up, too. But he had a five-game uh, hitting streak going into that thing. He's hitting 342 this month. Hits, runs, RBIs. I'm, I'm on Luis Robert Jr. And then um, Hunter Brow for the Houston Astros is pitching tonight. Hunter Brown, okay, over five and a half strikeouts for Hunter Brown. He had nine versus Oakland last week. Oakland remains the worst team in K percentage versus righties. So there you go. Hunter Brown over five and a half. I like that. I really like Marcus Simeon again. And Luis Robert Jr., uh, both those guys in hits, runs, RBIs are in pretty good positions here tonight to be able to make you some money. All right, let's go into the Memorial Day weekend. Big winners with our friends of our DraftKings. We're going to take a break. Don't you go anywhere. More music is, or more music. What am I doing? I'm on talking about country right now. Uh, I've got Nick Yeoman coming up next from the uh, IndyCar Network. Don't forget, IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500 are right here on Sunday. On 1017 The Hammer. Nick's coming up next here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. The Indianapolis 500 will air right here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com starting on Sunday at 11 o'clock. And our next guest on the Hammerhead Hotline 
is uh, one of the few people I know that would uh, much rather be watching racing in Indianapolis in May than, I don't know, Monaco, which is, uh, looked very nice on the TV today. Nick Yeoman's with us here. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic, Jared. It is carb day. It's one of the best days of the year, and I am maybe, maybe not shirtless at the front of the stage. Wait, wait, come on. Oh, no, the shirt's already come off here. Brian Adams ain't even hit the stage yet, and he's already shirtless. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though. No, it's been a good day. We got the uh, final two-hour practice in today. You're happy to report that it was nice and clean. Last year, we had two guys in David Malukas and Colton Herta who wrecked their cars 48 hours before the race, which is just the last thing you want to do to your teams. So we got a full two hours of practice in. The pit stop competition is going on right now. A lot of fans are having a good time. And then, as I mentioned, everybody's going to work their way over to the stage to uh, see the concert a little bit later today. Okay, well, let, let's get into practice today because the big story happened earlier with um, Graham Ray Hall. Uh, we talked to Connor Daly about this, and I mean, he just—you could just hear the disbelief in his voice. Like, I don't even know how we got through the paperwork and everybody to agree to to to, to do this, uh, but it was the right thing. You know, he's going from that Honda, he's going into the Chevy, he's going from his team to a new team. As Connor pointed out, you also have to figure out how they like to run their machine, uh, and that's before you start getting into new pit crew uh, spotters and all that stuff. And you're basically jumping into this cold. You had Carb Day to kind of get a feel for this thing. How, how was Graham today? Did you get a chance to check it out at all? You know, I was trying to watch and pay attention to him in traffic. And it, honestly, Jared, it looked like a guy that, that wasn't taking a lot of chances. And for good reason, because obviously that team has had to, uh, I mean, completely prep a brand new car uh, this week for the Indianapolis 500, the biggest race of the year. So I didn't necessarily see a guy who, who was going to take a lot of big chances. But I love that they picked Graham Rahal uh, to fill in for that card. That, that was going to be a really tough task to ask anybody if they were coming off the couch to jump in behind the wheel of that race car. Graham's a smart race car driver. This car's a lot better than the one he was driving that missed the show. And uh, while I don't expect that we're going to see some miracle story of Graham sipping the milk on Sunday, I do think he'll do a good job, take care of that equipment. And if we have a lot of attrition, maybe he comes home with a top 15. So uh, it should be interesting. But what a what a week it's been for young Graham Rahal. Well, we'll get Brad Pitt on retainer just in case he does win this. They'll have to make a movie out of it, undoubtedly, and he's going to have to play you. So uh, we'll get him on retainer this weekend. We'll work to earn You know, Adam Driver is in town, I heard, too. So there's another great actor. Uh, maybe he could play you in the movie version. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, the, the radio voice. we got to get a big... Uh, Got a, got, a, got a big personality. I'm thinking maybe Burt Kreischer. You know, the machine comes out <laughs> the, this the week. The shirtless guy is always shirtless. I think I'm more of a Burt Kreischer, let's be honest. Uh, I'm surprised he's not out there shirtless right now. We're talking with Nick Yeoman here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. The Indianapolis 500 is live right here on 1017 The Hammer starting at 11 o'clock on your Sunday. I, I kind of want to go through, we were talking, at least I've been talking about my picks this week. The books seem to think this is Alex Pillow or Pato Awards race to win. Maybe Scott Dixon is in there, and there's not a ton of love for anybody else. You, you, you feel like it's solely those three, or is there somebody else you think uh, – that you really need to keep an eye on that just may surprise you? I mean, those are the three that, I mean, really dating back to the test session they ran about a month ago that really stood out to me. So I, I think the books, you know, surprisingly, a lot of times that you can find a little value because you wonder how much do the, those that, that do the odds are really paying attention uh, to IndyCar racing. But I've looked at the odds this morning, 
and I think they've got it pegged pretty close to, uh, to who should be the favorite. I do think Alexander Rossi has a chance. He's always been really fast here, driving for the Arrow McLaren team in that bright orange car. He's going to have a shot. Tony Kanan's kind of a sentimental favorite. He's always really quick. I think the number on him wasn't too bad, and then with this being his final Indy 500, maybe he throws caution to the wind and goes for it. But I have a hard time, Jared, straying away from Alex Pillow and Scott Dixon, the Ganassi teammates. They really dominated this race a year ago. Neither one of them came away with a victory, which is, uh, you know, a gambler's nightmare. But, boy, they both look really fast. And I thought they looked really good in practice today, too, mixing it up and passing drivers left and right. I said my underdog pick here, and uh, what he's, I think he's like starting like eighth or so. I don't know how much you can be an underdog at eighth, but I, I thought Sato, who's been, it seems like he's been very consistent in the practices. He was the fastest car again today. Uh, that that's a guy that's kind of been hanging around up there. He knows what it takes to win. He's done it what twice now. Uh, he's like a two on. He's like a one win, then two off, and then one win. Uh, it's been two off. It's time for the one win. That's my logic. That's pretty sound, right? Yeah, just follow the numbers, right? No, yeah. I mean, look, Sato is, he's kind of an enigma because he is one of the fastest drivers, but you always worry about the high risk, taking chance uh, style of racing that he, he usually implements. Can it last for 500 miles? And he's proven twice now that it certainly can. Uh, but boy, you just wait. I mean, he had a moment in turn one in practice where he made a late pass underneath Ed Carpenter, just drove right across Ed's nose. I don't know how they didn't make contact. You couldn't swipe a credit card between those two cars. Nearly a big crash. So that's the thing for Sato. He could win. Jared, he could also crash out on lap 50 and finish 32nd. I wouldn't be surprised with either outcome. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking deeper for some value, Sato's not a bad play. Hey, we're talking with Nick Yeoman here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, carb day going on down there at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, you know, there's still some of the Ray Hall Letterman uh, racing team uh, that has qualified. They're all mainly in those back three rows or so. Uh, they have struggled early on. Uh, he, today's last practice, did you see any of those maybe take a step forward? Have they figured something out? Have they made any kind of progress, or are they still struggling? No, they're they're still struggling, and I, I wouldn't expect much from them in terms of pace on Sunday. The beauty of the Indy 500, though, is you can still find your way up front even if you don't have the pace. You just have to time it right and do it with strategy. And then it takes it takes a lot of fuel saving and trying to go off of a different strategy, pitting at a different time for the leaders. So I think that's the best bet for that entire Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan camp. They got to try to to maybe pit early and hope that there's a caution that kind of cycles them up to the front of the pack. Because Jared, I just simply don't see any of those cars being able to drive their way through the field. The pace just simply isn't there for drivers like Christian Lundgaard and Jack Harvey and Catherine Legg, who is in a brand-new race car after destroying hers Monday in practice. And I still couldn't understand. <laughs> Oliver. She, she was faster than all of her teammates in qualifying and yet somehow ended up with worse odds than all of her teammates, which is just... You know, the books are the books, but I, I kind of shook my head at that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, other, you know, usually favorite stories that we have here at Indianapolis. Uh, Indiana's driver, we had him on uh, on Wednesday, Connor Daly. Uh, this is try number 10 for him. Uh, he has not found the success that he would like to here traditionally, but coming off, uh, what, his best finish uh, ever on uh, last year's Indianapolis 500, uh, is there a chance for him, you think, to find himself back up in that top five again and maybe a shot at the end. Yeah, I, I think Connor's got a shot. He didn't qualify well. That's kind of always been his uh, Achilles heel is he, he starts too far back, and, and oftentimes it takes all day for him to get his car to the front of the field. 
But what I saw in practice today, I think Connor looks pretty racy. I think he's got a good good feel for the track and the car. And I just can't imagine what this place is going to look like if either him or Ed Carpenter, the two Indiana drivers in the field, if one of those guys win, they're going to burn this place to the ground. The party's going to be insane. We haven't seen a winner from the state of Indiana since Wilbur Shaw in 1940. So uh, this place is going to come unglued if either one of those guys can win. And the good news is, from what I saw, I think they've got cars that – while I wouldn't pick them, Jared, I wouldn't put either one of those guys in my top five. I think they've got a puncher's chance, and that's all you can really ask for at Indy. And then, of course, it's not Indy if we don't talk about Elio Castroneves and uh, trying to get yet another one. Uh, he's down there in the middle of the pack as well. What are the odds that you have for him making some history again? You know what? I just haven't seen the pace from that car, really, in, in all these practice sessions. I think you can, you can rely on Elio to run a smart race. He, I mean, he's completed all 200 laps in something like 11 of the last 12 Indy 500. So he simply doesn't beat himself. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't crash. Um, but I don't know if the pace is there. So, yeah, he's got to come from pretty deep. I wouldn't be surprised, Jared, if you kind of watch Elio just every 25 laps. He's picking up a couple different spots. I think he can crack into the top 10. I don't think he's got what it takes to win. But you know what? People have been saying that for years, and there's a reason that he's got his face on the board Warner Trophy four times. And I don't. So uh, you never want to bet against Elio. But, man, that car looks like it's got a little work. All right, Nick, how about uh, we have four rookies in the field here. I don't know that anybody is giving them uh, the, the best chance to go out there and win. It's been Zarasi the last one to uh, win as a rookie, I think. Yep. Yeah, so yep, it's, that's it, correct. it's been a minute here. Uh, we don't expect any of them to maybe hoist that trophy. But out of the four here, who, who do you think finishes the highest? Yeah, you know what? When you and I talked last week, I didn't give any of these guys uh, a very fair shot, but one of them has kind of emerged in Benjamin Peterson, who uh, clearly has a good race car. He drives for A.J. Foyt Racing. He and his teammate Santino Ferrucci had a lot of good pace, uh, both qualifying in the top 12. So um, we know that car is good. We'll see how quickly Benjamin Peterson can learn because, you know, you're looking at seven or eight pit stops. You're looking at a 500-mile race. He's never done this before. So, if they coach him up, I think he can take care of that race car. Still would be considered a long shot to win this race, but that car is good enough, uh, Jared, I think, to run in the top ten all day long. And if he can hang around, maybe he's in the picture to pull off an upset if things break his way. That's very interesting stuff here. Talking with Nick Yellman here. He's a part of that IndyCar radio team. You'll hear him. Uh, we also hear Rob Blackman on these calls, right, on Sunday, correct? Yeah, Rob will be down on the pits for, uh, I think this is his fifth broadcast with the network. It's my 14th, so uh, got a little local Tippecanoe County connections. And, and again, a big thank you to uh, everybody there at the Hammer uh, for chipping in and, and uh, letting us air the race on the, the network there on, on your airwaves. I know everybody's really excited about it, and I hope a lot of folks from uh, Lafayette tune in on Sunday. Uh, I hope they do as well. It sounds like it's going to be uh, about a sellout crowd here, too. That was the buzz. I don't know that it's got official just yet, but I know they were thinking that it was going to get uh, pretty darn uh, close to it with a, uh, a, a, a massive humanity that's bigger than some uh, major U.S. cities. I mean, that's how many people show up for this thing. It's, uh, it is quite the spectacle. And uh, Nick will be doing uh, the very, very best to uh, talk to you guys and uh, tell you everything that's going on here when the broadcast airs again Sunday, 11 o'clock. Everything starts right here on your home for the Indianapolis 500. It is 1017 The Hammer. Nick, uh, I know you love this month. I know it's coming to a close. I, I hope you get a chance to uh, enjoy everything here with uh, all the festivities. 
comedies, the pageantry. What well, what is your best? What's your favorite thing? What's the thing that you got to catch uh, every race day on uh, for for the five hundred on Sunday? Oh, oh, easy for me. It's back home again in Indiana, and I tear up like a little baby every year <laughs> when they play that song. And of course, it's Jim Cornelison who does the anthem for the uh, for the Blackhawks, and he's accompanied by the All-American Purdue Marching Band. Um, that always gets me. That's when I know, okay, it's, it's time to go racing. And, boy, it's, uh, it is. It's the greatest day in sports for me. So uh, back home again. I can't wait for it. Uh, you, know, you hear he's already tingling already here. Maybe it's because he's had a few and the shirt's already off and he's ready for Brian Adams. But I think it's actually a genuine excitement uh, for the Indianapolis 500. Again, we'll have it for you here on Sunday starting at 11 o'clock. Nick Yeoman from that IndyCar Racing Network. Nick, you know, it's always a pleasure talking some racing with you, my friend. Uh, enjoy is essentially, I know we usually say this backhand a compliment for things, but enjoy your Super Bowl. I mean that, actually, <laughs> because that's basically what this is for you. It's uh, there is no race bigger for you in your broadcast career, man, and I hope you enjoy uh, number 14. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to it, and I uh, hope all the listeners there in Lafayette West Lafayette enjoy our broadcast. Uh, we will, buddy. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, bud. All right, that's Nick Yeoman, everybody. Uh, right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. More Hammer Down Show next for you here on 1017 The Hammer. 1017. It is The Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Thank you, Nick Yeoman. Again, we will be your home for the Indianapolis 500 starting on Sunday at 11 o'clock. We have got you covered. All right, a lot of of reverberation today with the news throughout the NFL that the Cardinals have elected to take a $22 million dead cap hit and cut DeAndre Hopkins. Due was due over $30 million. Now pushes their dead cap to 32 mil this year. Whew. Ain't that something? Now I know what you're thinking. How about my team? How, how about the Bears? How about the Colts? Well, let's look at the financial aspect of that first. Because that's what this kind of stuff usually comes down to, right? Bears right now sitting on $32 million in cap space. And the Colts at $23 million in cap space. Both with 90 players signed. This would seemingly work out from a financial... We, we know that that is a possibility for you. Now, let's... There's a couple things that you need to know if you are pining for this, that you know your team. First off, I would be shocked if all these teams, or you know, just about anybody that had north of $10 million, which is a good chunk... Of the league, the Steelers sit at 22 with $10.3 million. Not saying they're going to call. I'm just saying anybody about that level and higher could probably make something work out. The next thing you have to take into consideration, too, is the teams that have been sniffing around that want, that he has mentioned in the past, the Bills, And Kansas City, which sounds like a couple of nightmare scenarios for you, right? 
I don't know that they have the money. Clearly, they couldn't do it on the trade. $30 million is too much. Kansas City has about uh, just over a million dollars open. Buffalo has $1.6. Those are the two lowest remaining cap numbers left in the league. But what he told the I Am Athlete podcast is that he wants a stable management, a quarterback who loves the game, and a great defense. So take a look at what you got and see if that matches up with it. Chicago Bears, work in progress, yes. Quarterback that you can love, absolutely. Management, it's getting there. Colts, you don't even know what you're going to have at quarterback right now. You hope it's Richardson, right? But I think the quarterback situation takes Indianapolis out of the mix. He would fit in great there. That would be great for Indianapolis. It would boost your wideout core undoubtedly. But is he going to be cool with either a rookie or Gardner Minshew throwing him the football? I don't know that that's the route that he wants to go. Unless Indianapolis ponied up a lot of money over like three years, which they could afford to do. If those are what his priorities are and money is not the priority, uh, certainly he wants to have a good deal. If he was due $30 million here, what do you think he wants this year? And maybe he'll just do it on a one-year deal and take like a $10 million. But to me... Maybe the Bears a better scenario than the Colts at this point. Just because the Colts dealing with quarterback uncertainty, a new head coach. If those other things were a priority for him, I don't know that Indianapolis necessarily checks those boxes. But I'm sure the Indianapolis Colts will definitely inquire and see if there is some interest. The Bears check out those boxes a little bit better than the Colts do, but I still don't know if that's going to end up being the landing place. He has expressed some love for the Ravens, who have 12.3 left to be able to spend. He loves Lamar. They just picked up Odell, they've got Bateman. Duvernay cut his teeth up there, too. They picked up Aguilar on a, on a cheap deal. My worry there is I, I think they've got some other places where they need to spend some money and to get another flashy wide receiver. Uh, would that make them formidable? Absolutely. But I think they need to spend some money on the defense. I don't know if he jumps onto the Lions. The Lions have got the room for it. The Texans have got the room for it. That doesn't really fit. Green Bay, don't think it's going to fit well for him. Here's a scary possibility that I think checks some boxes and has the money. The Cincinnati Bengals. Could you imagine... Having Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, 
and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, they just got Chuck Sizzle, too. That's a dangerous, that's a really dangerous option. Cowboys are a dangerous option because that's 14 million. You never count out, Jerry. The Eagles got 12.6 to spend. You just get the sense he wants to go to a team where he's got a shot to win it all. If you put him up with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and there's not, nobody's close. Nobody's close to that wideout court, if that's the case. Nobody. That's the team that I, I kind of highlight. It seems like they've got everything, right? Proven winners, stack, you got the quarterback you want. Go back to a Super Bowl. Sign a one-year deal. See if you can get it done. If I had to pencil somebody in, it's Philadelphia. But it would be really scary if the Bengals decided... To do that, you know, the Jets have a ton of cap space. And they got Aaron Rodgers to keep happy. Would he be, is that a guy he wants to catch passes from? So there's options here for him. I just don't know that the Bears or the Colts necessarily check off the boxes that he has mentioned in the past. If I had to guess at which one was in a better position, I would just say it's the Bears. They've got more money to offer. You know what you have in Justin Fields. They just went out and spent money on DJ Moore. That will give you a very intriguing second option. I just... I. I would like it. I, I would like it. But we'll see what happens here. Um, it just depends on if he wants a long-term deal with somebody or if he's willing to go off a of one-year, make, uh, make a run at a title, which he could very much do. And if he does, I think Philadelphia is the place that he goes. We'll see what happens. Of course, there's always somebody that's a little bit lower down that you know they make some cuts, they move some money, and uh, they can make a deal. Can somebody like Buffalo or Kansas City move enough for him to sign? You're going to have to find some $9 million, I would think, if you're Buffalo or Kansas City to be able to do that. And then that's the rest of your contingency, too. So we'll see. That's how I targeted. But I did kick the tires there, Colts and, and Bears, in the limited time I did have to look at that. And that's just the conclusion I came to. They better be calling. They better be asking and seeing if there's a little love there and seeing what it would take and throwing out some ideas. I'm not going to rule them out completely because they've got the money. I just, you, you got to trust what he said is the primary motivator. The primary vote motivator is good quarterback, management, somebody that's a winner or is a chance to be a winner. Uh, I, I said I kind of take the Colts out of the running there just because there's a lot of uncertainty with a new coach and a uh, a, a new quarterback that he, he doesn't maybe want to get in there. So the Bears a little bit more than the Colts. 
But ultimately, if I had to place a bet, I'd take the Eagles. We're going to take a break. Don't worry, though. We're going to come right back. We're going to wrap up this uh, work week here and uh, get you in the Memorial Day weekend next when we wrap up the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. And Just a few minutes left into the holiday weekend. Summer about to kick off. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Justelitis. Let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. Uh, right now, it is the bottom of the fifth inning, and the Cincinnati Reds running away with it over the Cubs. Seven, excuse me, seven to nothing. Hunter Green with 10 strikeouts already in four and two thirds. He's up to 95 pitches, though, so I gotta think that if he gets this last one, he is probably done for the day. We'll see if he ends up hitting 11. But, you know. Cubs lead the league in strikeouts over the last two weeks. Not entirely surprising. Dang. I had read some stats on him earlier on Hunter Green about how when he comes off, and he does get the uh, 11th strikeout, uh, when he comes off a non-quality start and they lose, and then the next game it's like uh, he's a favorite. Like he just... The, the the coyote off of the cliff kind of smack. But not today, man. Cubs also getting no hit through five. Uh-oh. Not great, Bob. Um, how about this little tidbit? You ready for this? They uh, David O. Russell, who has made some very fine films as a director, uh, a couple of them, off the top of my head, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter, Don't Sleep on Three Kings. Is going to make a movie on the creation of the Madden video game. Guess who they just got to play John Madden? I think he kind of nailed it. It's a little quirky, but I, I think we nailed it. You ready for this? Will Ferrell in Toxic Stars, John Madden. I'll take it. He wanted to play uh, Jerry Buss, I remember, in uh, in the Showtime, right? But uh, didn't get that, so now he's going to do John Madden, and I'm I'm strangely on board with that. I don't know why, but I, I really dig that. Uh, I do want to remind you, over this weekend, it is possible, perhaps even somewhat likely, but I would say starting around Monday, you're on Zach Eady watch on whether or not he's going to withdraw from the NBA draft. I would like to remind you as a regular person who does not play basketball and um, who is who Zach is not beholden to in any way, shape, or form that whatever his decision is, unless your tweet is congratulations or let's go, you probably don't need to tweet at him. He did not need your input. He doesn't want your input. Be supportive or don't tweet. Super simple this week uh, if we get the decision over the weekend. All right? So, yes, we are on Zach Watch. I believe he's got to be out by Wednesday is uh, is the thing there. So I would expect something Monday or Tuesday, I would think. Maybe Tuesday. I just, I would think that you want to get that put in and taken care of just in case there's any kind of issue um, 
you know, and filing stuff. I wouldn't leave it to chance. That's just me personally. So that's why I would think Tuesday's a great day. If he hasn't made a decision already, I do believe he did get a couple of invites for team workouts. So we'll see what happens here. But we'll we'll be on Zach Watch probably uh, starting Sunday, Monday here. And then uh, we'll see if we get an answer back uh, by Tuesday when we come back on the air as well. That's going to do it for the show. I hope you guys enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Please make sure you take a moment and uh, consider, just kind of ponder, reflect on why we have Memorial Day. Um, So uh, try to take some time. Please spend some time with some family. Don't forget Sunday we do have the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. If you missed our talk with Nick Yeoman, we'll get everything posted up for you here in just a little bit. Go back and he'll tell you who the hot drivers have been throughout practice the last couple of weeks. Uh, that will do it for us. Thank you guys for making us a part of your Friday and this week here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Enjoy.